to the Chicago Tomahawk. I am Matt. I am here today alone, uh, spending a nice little getaway with the family up in the Dells, having a good time at a water park with the kids. I taking a couple couple minutes to talk some Blackhawk hockey. Had to get away a little bit. I got uh, got me a nice uh, Labatt Blue. I just popped open. Very delicious. So uh, let's talk uh, Hawks Jets. Um, the Hawks fell 3-1. I was actually in attendance. First game back since the famous Austin Matthews, Patrick King goal trade-off. And I, quite honestly, I don't remember the year that was, but it was an awesome game. I think it was a very high-scoring game, and uh, Matthews scored late, started taunting the crowd, like the Kirby Doc, uh, can you hear me now type of taunt. Uh, about 30 seconds later, I remember Kaner buried one. Same thing. And I think Matthews ended up getting the last laugh in OT, just burying it. Just a snipe over uh, Forsberg's glove. But uh, but anyway, back to the Jets game. Uh, yeah, man, it was just a, it was a different atmosphere for me, man. It, it felt like the 300 level was a lot of empty seats. And I know they're not that great anymore. They're rebuilding fans, you know. Don't want to waste the money and stuff like that, but it was totally different from the last time I was there. It's kind of sad, actually. Like it's like a ending of an era type of deal, and almost depressing. But I, I still get chills when you know they play the uh, beginning Orchard song. Uh, actually, they had a guy with with a horn doing it. It was awesome doing the da 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 type of beginning. It, it was it was great. Uh, and then they played the the tribute with the the Might of Rome song from Gladiator, and uh, that always gets me going too. I still get goosebumps when they show all the Hawks names and the clips of the old school guys. It it, it gets me going. But and of course Jimmy C singing the anthems, Oh Canada, all oh, beautifully done. I loved it. Of course uh, the national anthem was great. It was still loud. Still love that. Very patriotic. Love that. Uh, the, the game wasn't that great. The Hawks absolutely got dominated. I thought the score should have been easily seven to one. Soderblom. Wow. This kid live. It's different on TV. It, it's one thing I was really, I was really like zoning in on him and just kind of taking it in. I love watching goalies. I was really hoping Connor Hellebuck got the start, but he didn't. And you know, it's good coaching by the jets. I mean, why would you, you know, Put your starter in against the Hawks. They're, you know, almost sitting dead last. And it's good to get the backup some reps in. But uh, back to Soderblom, he was, I thought he was phenomenal. He had like 29 saves and he had a couple really big saves. You know, you're, you're looking, you're like, oh, no, here's another one. He gets that glove out there. He sticks the pad out and makes a desperation save. But man, he is. Honestly, right now, he's like the only Hawk that I would like keep. At, at the deadline, uh, the way everything's going, he is one guy I think the Hawks need to give a long, long look at. Hawks haven't really, you know, been, they, they haven't had really good luck with goaltending. You know, of course, Corey Crawford was, you know, one of the best goalies in the franchise. And before that, it was, a, you know, he had some pretty bad goalies and, you know, he had some good ones, you know, some good ones would pop in like Jocelyn Tebow and, you know, Jeff Hackett, he was okay. Eddie Belfour, obviously, my guy, he's phenomenal. 
I, in my opinion, I still think he is the best goalie in Hawks history. And it's just sad. He, we couldn't see a Stanley Cup with him. Of course, Tony O before that. And just not too many good elite guys. But, you know, with you got to give this kid a look. When you're rebuilding, you want to find a guy you can kind of build around. You, you, you got a solid goalie. Okay, let's. We got our guy in net. Let's move up to defense. Let's try to get a top four. You got Korchinski waiting to go. You got Del Maestro in there. These are two guys, good building blocks. Everything else, I just don't see. I mean, I, I really kind of, I, I remember Mike texting me during the game, hey, get, keep an eye on Ian Mitchell. And I was like, you know what? That's a great idea. And you know what? He looked like a fish out of water. He was, um, yeah, he just didn't look confident out there. I didn't know he's young. It's 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 hard to get confidence when you're playing the Jets. They're the first place team in the Central. They're they're a good team, good sound team. But he, yeah, I, I just didn't like I didn't like his performance. He, he got caught pinching a couple times, and you know I didn't really see him much out there. So, so who knows with this kid? But they got I think they got a really good piece in net. I think. Give him a long look. I hope they don't quit on him too early because, you know, he's going to pile on the losses. That's just how it's going to be. But I, I like what I'm seeing. He's fast. He's making great saves. And you know what? He's not quitting on himself. He's out there. He's busting his ass for full 60 minutes. And that's all you can ask for from any player. And he's doing it. So it, it, the Hawks, did, that's their 11th loss in 12 games. So this is exactly where... You know, most people, you know, we're the, the the team we're expecting. It's it's here, and it's it's gonna it's gonna get more painful. You know, we're running into some good teams, and I'm really surprised the Jets. I mean, they're eighteen seven and one. I didn't even I don't even think I penciled the the Jets in to make the playoffs. But you know, they got that new coach. I think it's I believe it's bonus they got from Dallas. He stepped down in Dallas and he went to um, Winnipeg, and it's been great over there. I know they got some elite players. Uh, I know Kyle Connor's not really lighting it up this year, but he's one of my favorites. I got to watch him in warm-ups, dude. This guy, guy's an absolute stud out there. He's a beauty. And, and Josh Morsey, man, this I think this guy's going to win the Norris. He is absolutely tearing it up. He's got five goals, 25 assists, and 26 games played. That is just phenomenal. He's a plus 11. I, You know what? I, I was talking to my buddy. I went to the game with him. I'm like, dude, this guy's coming out of nowhere. I know I don't think anyone had this guy penciled in to win the, the Norris Trophy. And, you know, you got your Kale McCars out there, you got your Adam Foxes, and Josh Morsey is just tearing it up right now. And I think he's going to win it the way he's playing. This guy can move the puck well. He plays good defense, and you know he makes really, really smart passes. I, I noticed that in the offensive zone, he was really good on the power play. I think he got two points in this game. And um, it's just, uh, it's a bummer, you know. The, it, it, 3-1 isn't that bad against the Jets. And we had some power play opportunities. The Hawks just couldn't get it done. And uh, I think the only goal the Hawks scored was from uh, Taylor Radish. I think it was his eighth goal uh, assisted by Kurdyshev. Um, uh, Cole Perfini, he got his sixth goal assisted by Morrissey. Uh, Blake Wheeler, actually, you know, a guy who's kind of been, kind of just got lost. You know, they took his C away. He's got his ninth of the year. Another assist by Morrissey and Connor with the secondary assist. And then the, the, obviously the Taylor Radish goal in the second. Eighth assisted by Kershev. And then in the third period, Adam Lowry got his sixth. 
assisted by Harkins and Barron. And David Riddick with the win backing up. He uh he didn't look that bad. You know, I mean he's he didn't really face that many shots. But uh, you know, good for them. They're in first place. I, I just did not see it coming. I thought St. Louis would be a lot better this year, and man, I they're just having some problems with the goaltending. Uh Jordan Bennington is just uh Man, he's got a personality. He's he's an angry dude out there, and you could tell it's it, he's he's struggling out there. He's he's getting really emotional. He's losing his cool during the game. You can't do that as a goal. You got to stay composed. You can't let anything bothering you. You know, bother you even if it is bothering you. You gotta you gotta stay in your crease. Just try to stay focused. And he is just running around, hitting guys. He's slashing guys, talking smack to guys on the bench. It's not working out. I hate to you know rip a attendee, but I think it's worth it. It's he's it most definitely deserves it. You know the way he's been playing. He's been you know he's almost out trying to hurt guys, and you know you don't want to see that. But I won't bash the Blues anymore. They're still above us. We're we're sitting uh, we're sitting last now. So hey, uh, it's kind of Bedard. It's it's looking good the way the Hawks are playing. I mean, if we can land the first round pick, this kid is a stud. It's a very deep draft, but I think I would really. It would be awesome if we landed Connor Bernard. It's almost like a, you know, like drafting Kane and Taves. It's like we got our we got our young stub. We're gonna start building around it to get you excited again. Because right now it's it's just not fun to be, not fun to be a Hawks fan. It's 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 very boring and you know there's really the offense was just brutal. Even I, I noticed Kane would get you know a little rush and. He he couldn't even get a step ahead of anybody. They're just on him. He's got no one to pass to. Anthony Siu, he flies out there, but he does skate with his head down, and he is going to get clobbered more if he keeps doing that. And I know him and uh, Jacob Truba have, you know, they exchanged some words with, well through, through the media. Uh, I think Anthony Siu said this guy is making $8 million to try to hurt people. And, uh, yeah, I, I disagree. I think Jacob Truba... I think he's just a hard-hitting Scott Stevens-like defenseman. And, you know, Anthony Sioux, he's got to be more responsible. You're seeing a lot of guys getting just wrecked, trying to skate the puck up the open ice, not expecting to get hit. It's just irresponsible on their part. They they got to do a better job. But uh, let's go. We'll jump into the next subject. The Hawks will be taking on Ovi and the Washington Capitals, I think, Tuesday night. Late ESPN uh, big game, spotlight night, you know. Uh, Ovi is getting closer to his 800th goal. I think he's chasing Gordie Howe now, so he is getting one step closer to Gretz, number 99. I, I personally think he's going to break the goal-scoring record. I know he Ovi's pretty healthy. He's he's older, but, you know, he He's a big dude. I he cares about his health. I think right now he he really wants it. And I think the the Capitals are going to do everything they can to, you know, make him succeed. They're they're going to give him, you know, more deals if he doesn't. And you know, I, he scores from the same spot a lot, but hey, the puck crosses the line. It's a goal. So, I think he's going to do it and I think Gretzky's actually rooting for him. That's just how classy, num- you know, 99 is. You know, but Gretzky still will go down as the greatest player to ever play. Ovi might just be the greatest goal scorer. Um, I jumping back to the Hawks news. I did see a tweet from a famous. Uh, I don't want to say names because I, I I don't I don't want to you know put words in guys' mouths and stuff. But 
a famous respected uh, Canadian TSN guy said he doesn't think Kane will be moved at the deadline only because Kane will turn down any trade because he doesn't want to, you know, get moved at the deadline and then have to move again in the summer, the during free agency, obviously around, you know, July 1st. You know, he's got a young kid now. He's got his fiance, I believe. I think it's his fiance now. But uh, I think Kane wants to move once. So it sounds, I mean, it, you never know. It's all speculation. Uh, it, it sounds like Kane might finish the year with the Hawks. And he probably could walk, you know, July 1st, find a team, his next contract, which would be incredibly sad. But it's. It kind of sucks if the Hawks can't get any assets for this guy. If you know he does walk for nothing, that it, it does suck. But hey, Kane has, you know, he's you know gave everything for this franchise. He's you know big goals, great numbers, and uh, obviously the three Stanley Cups. So it's it's on him. But then I did see another, um, I did see another tweet from a guy saying actually the same guy weeks before I it kind of was brought up by a different guy saying that he really, really wants to break Stan Makita's record as the greatest Blackhawk goal scorer of all time. And I think Mike said this a couple times. I, you know, I could see this too. Some guys just, you know, like want to stay in one place and they want to call, you know, their city, their first team, their home. You know, you, you, you see Stevie Y, you, you've seen guys like Joe Sackick. I know he started with the, I believe, the Quebec Nordiques, but they ended up moving to the, you know, Colorado Avalanche. But, you know, I, I consider that the same franchise. And there's you don't see it much anymore, but, you know, it, like even Stan Makita, he played his whole career with the Blackhawks, and that's probably why he's got all the, the uh, you know, big numbers and everything. And it, it, would, be, it would be nice to see uh, Kaner you know, be Mr. Blackhawk, if you want to say, all-time greatest goal scorer. I would love it. But uh, in a sense, you know, when you're rebuilding, you you want to speed this up. And and then in another sense, like, hey, you're going to get a high draft pick from a guy, you know, a team trying to, you know, win the Stanley Cup. So it's not going to be like a top five pick. So you, you never know. Some guys don't pan out in the later round, you know, the later picks of the first. So we're just going to have to be patient. I know it's it's getting closer. We are, you know, almost at Christmas. So uh, I, be- I believe March is the trade deadline. At, as for Taves, you know, from what I've seen in the game, he, you know, he can win a faceoff. He looks like he, he cares out there still. He kind of takes stupid penalties, which I didn't get. He, he took a really bad penalty. It, it kind of didn't look like one, but, you know, you look at the replays, like, ah, dude, you can't be doing that. That's a rookie penalty. But, uh, you know, I could see a team making a little, making a pitch for him in the playoffs. Uh, you know, he can win faceoffs. He's got the experience, a great locker room guy, well-respected. Um, You know, it's just getting old with all this trade stuff. I know, I get it. But it's just it's just the time we're in right now and the stage. With the Hawks, we're going to have to just cover it. But uh, I'll end it with that. We'll go to a little bit of NHL news. Uh, you know, Chris Letang, he, poor dude, he, he suffered a stroke a couple weeks ago. And he actually returned the last game, and which is amazing to me. I mean, I thought, you know, you, you suffer a serious, serious condition like that. You'd want to take it 
take it easy. And, and you know, he said he's, he's good to go. He wants to play. And his first game back, he put up 22 minutes and 14 seconds of ice time. Unbelievable, dude. I know the dude's a fitness nut. I've seen his videos and stuff. Just a remarkable athlete. I, the CrossFit type of stuff. The guy takes his training very serious. He said he knows the risks and he, he trusts the doctors. They're, you know, one of some of the best guys in the world, stuff like that. And uh, good for him. I, I hope he doesn't, you know, I hope he's not rushing. I know the Penguins aren't really lighting it up right now. Uh, but he, he, you know, Kudos to him for getting out there and uh, trying to help the team out because he's a very, just like the Hawks, they have their big three, you know, like the Malkin, uh, Crosby, obviously, and Latang are like their guys. It's almost like Kane, Keith, and um, Taves over It's the same thing over there, but they've just had better playoff success lately. They, uh, they always find a way to win. And, uh, you know, I, I respect that. I, I'm and obviously I'm a huge fan of the Robo Penguin jersey, the reverse retro. It's I think it's awesome. Uh, but jumping back, I, I you know what? I got to give a little shout out to um, Tage Thompson of the Buffalo Sabres. I, I actually watched this game. I couldn't believe it. Uh, I think it was again. It was December 7th against the Columbus Blue Jackets. This kid scored five goals. He had one assist. I believe he scored four in the first period alone. Uh, he put up six points that night. And um, this kid's got 41 points in 28 games. This is a just so lucky. I mean, you, you trade a guy like Jack Eichel. You got this kid, Tage Thompson, playing center. He's going to be a superstar. He was scoring almost on every shot. I couldn't believe it. Just good for him. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go go to some stats now. I, I know that, um, you know, obviously Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are always at the top. And they are right now. They're sitting 54 points. Connor McDavid, Dreisaitl's behind him with 46. And number three, Tate, or I'm sorry, yeah, number three, Jason Robertson with 42. And Tage Thompson of the Buffalo Sabres, number four with 41. Unbelievable. Uh, these two guys, youngsters, uh, coming out of nowhere. Jason Robertson has 23 goals. McDavid is sitting on top with 25. Tage Thompson is right behind him with 21. And I don't know if you guys remember, but when they brought Dale Talon back to uh, team up with Pat Foley, I think it was against Dallas. And I remember in the third period, uh, Dale Talon absolutely raving about Jason Robertson. This kid is going to be, he's a real deal. He's going to be a 40-goal scorer easy in the future, maybe even a 50. And Dale Talon is just a hockey genius. I I actually just listened to a podcast with him, with the boys from Cam and Strick. They're kind of a St. Louis-based podcast, but these guys, I, I'm 36. I don't know, you guys out there, you probably grew up, Watching guys like Ronick, Steve Eiserman, you know, like all like the like Paul Korea guys, Tamu Solani, the guys like that in the '90s era. They're always interviewing these guys and always got great ones. Tony Amani, one of my favorite interviews. He was great, good hawk stories. But they just interviewed Dale Talon, and um, you know, Dale Talon. They did they did some deep diving. You know, like how. I don't know if you guys remember, Dale Talon was, 
he didn't get along with John McDonough and you know, they, they, they couldn't get rid of him just because they didn't get along. But there was a time where they, they had, I think it was about four restricted free agents and the paperwork wasn't filed correctly. So these guys were automatically UFAs. So they probably got more money. It was kind of a mistake. Dale Talon took the heat for it, but he kind of clarified what happened. He said he was actually in quarantine. He had like some virus and he gave the directions to a staff. They didn't do it right. And I believe it was Troy Brower, Buff, Versteeg, and maybe it was someone else. They all became UFAs and Dale had to re- like negotiate with the, with their, agents and they probably got more than they you know this was uh i believe it was 2010 they got more than what the restricted free agency qualifying offers would be but they ended up you know letting them go and you know he he said he took that really hard he had a really good relationship with a lot of the players and it you know later in the podcast i'm not going to give everything away but when they won in 2010 uh I, I mean, I'd never heard this before, but the whole team, you know, they were a little probably buzzed, you know, celebrating. They called Dale down uh, and they called his house. He was, I think he was actually just hired by the Panthers and he was spending the, he was watching the game with uh, the Panthers staff and the Hawks called him and they said, you know, Dale, we're, we, we want to congratulate you, and you were a big part of this, and we really appreciate you. And Dale got real emotional about it. You know, he said he, he, was, one, he, said he was one of the only guys to, to know that puck went in by Kane, you know, when it went through Leighton. And he was real emotional about it. He says he loves all the guys. Got a great relationship with Q still. Great relationship with Marion Hosta. Marion Hosta actually wanted him to be at the number, the jersey retirement. And he showed up. He said, I had to support my good friend Marion Hosta, which he called the missing piece. And uh, Dale was right. He's a, you know, just just a great hockey guy. It would, he, it would be a great guy to, you know, sit down with and talk to and just listen to his stories and his journey. I think he was a great Hawks GM. I think he was a great Hawks uh color analyst too he's unbelievable he's got some funny some funny lines with pat foley he actually talked about that too he talked about drafting um taves and kane he actually had kane oh i'm sorry he actually had taves ranked number one in that draft so when he went third he said it was a no-brainer it was one of the easiest picks he's he's ever made and uh, he was right taves has been you know huge huge pillar in this, you know, foundation of the the great dynasty that he built, you know, he he brought in some great players. Uh you know, I I'm always reminiscing about this 2010 team and it's unbelievable what he had and what he brought in. I I think he traded uh obviously he traded Matt Ellison for Patrick Sharp. He traded Tuomo Rutu for Andrew Ladd. He drafted Bolin, Brower, uh you know, he he brought in Antti Niemi as a free agent, ended up, you know, being being the stud in the playoffs. He signed Cristobal Huey to be a stud, and, you know, Niemi just outplayed him. The year before, he signed Brian Campbell to a huge deal, which I think Brian Campbell coming here was 
kind of opened the door for a bunch of free agents to say, hey, wow, this is a place where I want to play. Campbell was kind of like the the first guy to take the leap. And, I, you know, I've always loved Brian Campbell. He's a great puck mover. Unfortunately, they signed him to be that puck mover. And, you know, Duncan Keith kind of, you know, he emerged in 2010 and he won the Norris that year. And it's like, wow, we can't, we can't have two guys, you know, being our number one defenseman, our number one puck mover. So obviously, you know, they made the right choice. They kept Keith and had to move Campbell, but it's funny how he went to Florida with Dale Talon. And, uh, it's a great podcast. Uh, Cameron Strick, Dale Talon interview. I, you know, I've, I've always said, check out the Tony Amani one. It's awesome. Another hero of mine, Eddie Belfour, Jeremy Rona, Chris Chelios. It's, these guys are good. They're, you know, just, they're real dudes. It's not like too scripted. It's laid back. I, I really enjoy it. Uh, but, um, so yeah, we got next game, Ovi. I think Ovi's going to score three goals against the Hawks and get closer to 99. And, you know, enjoy it. He's, he's a phenomenal player. Great shot. Just the Russian, I call him the Russian locomotive, man. He just steams through people and he's got a great shot. Obviously he's a sniper. But uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, engage with me on Twitter. I love talking hockey. I love, you know, posting, actually tweeting big hits, good goals, debates. I love it. You disagree with me, let me know. I love a good argument. I'm not uh, I'm not going to cry about it. We'll, we'll have a nice civil conversation, and then we'll, get, we'll move on with our life. But uh, thank you, everybody, and I will see you on the next one. See you.